Lamb, Vexio, Hexman, Daughter, and Other Icelandic Tales by Dr. Nathaniel Henry Fox. Introduction In the desolate of the Icelandic Purge, there was once the Minotaur, who took hold of the tools and played some common tome to the Icelander, who gave much fruit to the exhaustion of play with the youth of the Minotaur. The youth are called Lamb, Vexio, Hexman, Daughter, whilst the adult male is called Minotaur. There in the mystical fable of the grasses was the seaman that grabbed hold of the fear of the bestial interaction with the wool of the sweater, that there ever was some fascination to abstain from sex, that the qualms about the Icelander grow with some mute fascination that the softness of the sweater cannot be true. In divvying grass to the lamb, it is believed the semen of adult males pervades the flock, and they, much like nocturnal centipedes, chew for some strength the toughness of the semen. The Minotaur, though argued as a mythical beast of legends of dungeons that have given rise to the embrace for some remote transience blow to seek out the hidden parasites of the volcano, there those whom have encountered the actual Minotaurs, and with some porridge, have been felled for their atrocities against the animals. The rage of the mother upon the taking in of the Minotaur into her home, the fear that the wetness of the land catches up to the breathing in the moat about the lamb, that the cries do not stop but to take me into the home. There have been such horrors. In the retchings to antiquate truth from fiction as to the manifestation of the broad shape of the hand, there has been some confusion as to the shape of the foot, that there is some similarity of the minotaur to gain strength similar to the human, even rivaling it. The muscle of the lamb does not fall, and the wool of the sweater can be braided for them. Armor and other tools can be argued as well, that they are taken up against us. Chapter 1. The Parasite of the Egress In our comfort to abstain from the violence of maintaining the lamb wool, there is that ignorance that has besieged the Icelander who seeks the purchase of some tourist-like object of a sweater, similar to those commonly sought by visitors. Icelandic gift shops containing the sweaters, it is seen in the eye that the hot springs give for some of us some temptation to bear the skin and resort to a comfort of the warmth provided by the volcano. Being banned from an outfitter not being uncommon between Icelanders, Sometimes more modern sweaters than the traditional knitted type are preferred. Even the vintage is sought. Though the fear of a prolonged submersion in a hot spring is to be isolated socially as a nuisance or viewed socially as one who seeks to parley with visitors to the island, there is that fear of something far worse than that of an animal with the birth of two eyes and their separation. Such an animal that gives fear to the Icelander is argued as a mammal that lives in the hot springs is a very tiny being with what appears to be a single eye and very powerful bodily features. The lifespan of the animal is argued to be in the millions of years of age and is little resolute to mythology. An understanding as to the appearance of the animal as being like a small stone with sweeper-like plethysmonious legs in essence, common in number to the centipede, there is this being. It is a cyclops or brain-eating parasite of the hot springs that is rather unlike a parasite whatsoever. Standing taller than the cyclops is the minotaur, a human-sized lamb-like parasite with mobility causing hallucinations and horrifying health effects. Though the cyclops is small and is laughed off as a scourge to be read about in books pertaining to natural law, the minotaur is a fright far worse in scale than the agrovian cyclops. The cyclops is far stronger than a minotaur, but does not feign to some instance of violence unto humans very often, and lives with us quite peacefully. Though they are quite busy and strained to make some effort at the bestialist propagandized to Icelanders in the world. To the effect of scale that the Minotaur is able to pervade, as is a Minotaur in their ability to parlay with humans, 
tremendous worms growing within volcanoes. A person who has mishandled the birth of lamb is a tremendously sad person, and the lamb must be given the opportunity to stand, move about, and make do with some warm milk from its mother. Take heed that the Icelander knows this, and will pervade into the reaching essence of the lamb to give birth to the lamb. Icelanders are very distinguished for their handling of animals in the modern context, and most animal slaughter is outlawed. In some personal ownership over the fears of mythology about the psychology to abstain from inane exaggeration as to the frightening components of parasites, there is a sense of scale to give some hallucination as to features similar to our own, that with the adoption of parasites in the Icelandic home, that they move about freely and are inspected even. There is the pain to feel sorry for the Icelander who lives with stress of the lamb. Farming in Iceland being tremendously difficult and arduous for many, vacation of the Icelander, to live for some time with the animals perhaps, there are these secluded tales that the mythos of the Minotaur has been transmuted into the rural physical, Iceland's most horrible of secular passages that present the Minotaur as a muscle-bound powerhouse and tabletop game figure, causing some confusion for some. It is in fact the Minotaur is very real, and rarely dangerous to humans, but the presentation of the lamb food-like head is similar to veal and quite to the protests of the Icelandic activist, a propaganda of the most terrible mortified sense. For this, the Minotaur is indeed a threat to humans, but there is a burial of the wounded lamb to the grass, that the warmth returns and resurrection of the animal is not necessary, but it happens. It is often media pertaining to the lamb, or Minotaur's skull, is to frighten people from visiting Iceland, and though it is still eaten on the island in some mythological context primarily, the incidences of lamb abuse is rare, or is so feared little interaction with lamb may occur. Minotaurs, however, are coddled and often brought into the home and raised away from the mother, that a caustic perversion of the myth does not persist to the market. It is, however, in our present era that the dispensation of the myth is no longer as such that evidence of actual Minotaur using tools or weapons has come face-to-face -face battlement with humans of Iceland. And further from the truth is that we have survived the brutish strength. Though the Minotaur is of some fascination as to the reaches of the bipedal to give some collapse to the Icelandic family to bring about some treachery with the rifle, it is the Cyclops who remains far more of an intriguing figure in the hot springs. They are given names are so presumed to inhabit as pebbles beneath the feet in certain springs and can be quite comfortable to interact with the feet. Within volcanoes there are indeed animals that are very powerful, can cause death and injury to humans, even if in myth but they are rarely studied by the foreigner if not compartmentalized for the betterment of psychology that some politics about the Minotaur parasites at all does not emerge. Though the Minotaur does not dominate the subconscious of every Icelander in some perverse view of to deny existence to the beast, it is certainly true that livestock influences the political tithings of the Icelander to do some good deed to the lamb that their numbers remain high. Though media depicts the Minotaur as some common tome to the Icelander, that there is meat to be consumed with the efforts of the farmer to do some good solvency to the land and take the life of an animal, the Minotaur in a mythological context harkens less fear than some exciting entity wherefrom respect can be gathered. The lamb is certainly a central theme to the Icelandic quiet life, the rural inception. There is the mixing of the lamb with other foods from waters such as shark, whale, and other fish. But there is myth to detest the taking of the life of the animals. Though there is still whaling associated with Iceland, the lamb is not viewed as an animal to be struck down very often without the use of a gun, knife, or bludgeoning weapon, perhaps, but it is simply rare to attack the lamb in such a way that they would be felled. The fear of consuming lamb rests for some with the parasite. 
Chapter 2. Life in the Underground Volcano Vents Though this work is very general, the fear of the Icelander is that the lamb wanders towards some ground that would destabilize and lead to some treacherous open pit. Beneath Iceland is the Iceland caldera, very large caldera rivaling many times over caldera Yellowstone in seriousness. Vents connect to the island, and sometimes spew a ferocious toxicity into the visible spaces of the Icelander. Rarely is a volcano mythologized, but there are myths associated with the volcano pertaining to immense lifespans of animals. As it is, there are so many unknown factors associated with volcano incidences in Iceland, uh, danger of encountering life forms beneath the ground is something to be considered. Some vents in Icelandic underground spaces can be assessed on foot or with equipment such as motor vehicles. Though there is some beauty to the vent in the colloquial, they are rather smelly and are rarely entered by foreign tourists, but travel to them is permitted. Though they may be known as to their location by the Icelander, the vents are extraordinarily dangerous and can cause sudden death for an Icelander who decides to venture there. Spelunking for the Icelander can take on very high expenditure monetarily. Though it is seen as a somewhat posh lifestyle choice, spelunking in Iceland can be exciting for perhaps short periods of time, it leads to immensely and dangerous decision-making for many. Repelling in Iceland has been outlawed in history, and some consider the act to be clandestine or simply part of the job, per se. Emergency services in Iceland certainly use repelling in instances of mountain rescue, but the citizen taking it upon themselves to repel is rather frowned upon due to damage to rock and other formations. Permanent equipment, such as climbing bolts drilled into stable rock formations, is further frowned upon, not much rock climbing exists in Iceland. In some caves of Iceland, there are immense buildups of trash and mountaineering equipment. What is seen as a testament to the absurd and wastefulness, caving in Iceland isn't necessarily frowned upon unto itself, but the environmental impact of left-behind equipment certainly brings a very controversial aspect to the table for the Icelander politically. Iceland is stocked with the most modern mountaineering equipment, much like the United States and other countries, but Iceland's proliferation of rock climbing equipment is on quiet end of the mountaineering community. Traditional climbing equipment, such as cams and other specific mountaineering equipment for safety, are generally accessible to the public and can be purchased in mountaineering shops. To the unfortunate digress, rock climbing equipment is also sometimes stolen, leaving cases of disappearing citizens sometimes unsolved. Though the myths surrounding caves in Iceland are quite simple and often associated with human imagery as to the life forms that exist there, there are indeed animals that live in caves. Some very dangerous centipedes live in caves that can fell the spelunker and should not be taken with the lightest of attitude. Though the centipede is rarely mythologized in Iceland, some works pertaining to the interactions of bats and centipedes exist. It is rare for the foreign traveler to Iceland to take to the caves, but some tours exist. Though considered spelunking, taking a tour of a cave can be quite an extraordinary event for a traveler. The Icelandic myths associated with the centipede is Tuxmitten Verenhausen. The taker is quite romantic and often interpreted as a centipede that wants to domesticate with humans. Indeed, some Icelanders have traveled to caves to collect centipedes lawfully, but this is a very dangerous endeavor. Centipedes can kill a human being with enormous force and in certain caves have appeared in overwhelming and frightening numbers. The myth of the cave is to descend into the cave to bask in the fluids and pools with some freedom about the nudity of the woman, that she may be unharmed by the men that protect her descent into the pools. Nudity in myth in Iceland is quite controversial, and the woman is often shown in the least pornographic contexts. 
There is rarely naked entrance into the hot springs, except for particular events in Iceland, where foreign travellers are often prohibited. Though the myth of the hot spring in the caves seems tantalising, soaking in them is wrought with a terrible outcome. The cave, and for the woman in particular, takes on the humans and is alive in and of itself. The hot springs within the cave may seem as though a religious idea, that there can be some taking of resources from them. And it is indeed the cave that swallows away the woman and juts her back into the land confused and terrified as to vulnerability and fear she faces upon seeing others from town, with her many amenities, herself stripped of such comforts. Can the cave be both beautiful and dangerous? Indeed it can, but it is not in the simplicity to ponder such ideas that the Icelander takes to the caves anyway and fares for themselves some dangerous deed as to take something from the cave. Icelanders do collect immense geology samples from caves, packing caves with equipment whilst attempting to preserve some specific geo about the plot, the Icelanders striving to preserve the integrity of the cave that it does not collapse or reveal some dangerous animal such as a centipede or dangerous parasite. Though I have written on the course of the vampire, and have demonstrated that the bat is a friend of the human with regards to remaining the subject of the matter, Iceland preserves similar media pertaining to bats and vampires, but does not have much of a history pertaining to the vampire in general sense. Bats are sometimes interpreted as birds by Icelanders, but this does not entail that the Icelander is ignorant of the genius of the bat per se. It is seen in the Icelandic common understanding of the bat that they dwell in caves or are a nuisance, causing some small fear, but bats in Iceland are quite beautiful and are sometimes domesticated in the home. Where the bat has been taken and later housed can be of some controversy, the use of traps in caves has been explored by to acquire their bent, and indeed the question as to the safety of the Icelander in the cave has been further questioned. It is my opinion that the bad does not reign as a political juxtaposition for the Icelander except in instances where the Icelander feels some very real connection to some entity such as a vampire. Can the caves of Iceland hold some key to the vampire myth that extends further into the pornographic the mere martial arts and romantic social epic? For some, it is the succubus that dwells in the cave, a beautifully breasted woman with wings and legs to match. The succubus of Iceland does not often visit in the home, but indeed plays a very morally positive role for the Icelander. She does not necessarily represent fertility, as has been mythologized by some other European countries, but she is indeed very sexually attractive and has been sought out as a type of smut-like pornography in such modern displays as anime or manga, and not necessarily with a rural flair, but some content exists. Very old drawings of the succubus are highly scandalous, and are sometimes sought for pornographic viewing pleasure to this day. Can the Icelander in the cave be guided by the succubus that she retreat from the cave rather than enjoy herself with her girlfriends, or is there some more to the story than it first meets the eye? For some Icelanders, the succubus is a subject for the scant Halloween dress of the modern context and she, eternally sexy beast of this land is rather brutal to her girlfriends, but not all the time. The fear of the lesbian, the imbibed sexuality, the emergence with the sky and the ground. There is sometimes a stream for Icelander. Lesbian media in Iceland is highly protected and honored as a very quiet denial of the European to enjoy the pornographic without being disrespectful and is further that the affairs within marriages that may occur for the Icelander may not always manifest as actual meetups of one another, but are resolute to the realms of the pornographic and fantastical. The succubus is the answer for many women with her golf player and very obvious features. 
Talk of the succubus in Iceland language in public can be somewhat illegal at times for the Icelander. The preservation of the Icelandic language to not digress into leaving Icelandic women vulnerable are often synonymous with no more unusual of an affair than to preserve the Icelandic language itself. Mixahexenverin is one particular succubus of Iceland who is the favorite lesbian of a group of girls who have feelings for one another. In the pagan of the matter, where Mixahexenverin does not reside, there is a quiet dismissal of the idea that she causes a social problem at all, and is honored as a warrior whom has defended the old king of Iceland. The king was Mixahexenverintith, who wore the human skull and he claimed in battle. Mixahexenverin consults the king and he drew away with the bones and other collected atrocities accumulated through war or mortuary-like fusions of some bizarre collection of the skeletal pieces. She conquers the woman groups to take up some protest against the king, as he resolved to keep some of his skullcaps and adorn them with lamb wool, but he is both a good and simultaneously brutal man. Could he have been very real in Iceland, and not a vicious conqueror as is depicted in myth? Indeed, Mixahexenvarin teaches that the women do not always have feelings to reproduce, and instead want to meet travelers whom bring merchandise, whilst insaning from bragging about their wares. The king insults Mixahexenvarin, and she is resolute to crying. Women take to the king with compassion and strength, and resolve to block the ascent of the Norwegian Valhalla heavens from reigning in their ignorance over the Icelander. Though Mixahexenvarin was discovered in a cave with some controversy to the Icelandic translation, some text pertaining to her existence, she doth not reside there often, but is responsible for the modern Icelandic house shape. The cave for Mixahexenvarin is no lesbian palace other than in her fantasy, and there is much to be learned from her. Can some question as to the solvency of architects of the Middle Ages in Iceland and Fars? Resolve this learning up libel, learning of the status of the woman, Iceland. Though Mixon Hexenverintooth and his myth does not extend much further than for some modern interpretation to likeness, being disciplined in the home and at the workplace, neither Mixa Hexenverin nor Mixa Hexenverintooth were architects to the caves. Smelton, the centipede architect and his fear of worms, was however mythologized to be just such a creature. He, she, being of both genders by choice in any particular time, sought work from the king and slowly sought to be carried to a pre-constructed cave hovel, where he, she, was able to become intoxicated by Smelton, a sulfur revered by Smelton's brethren as the ultimate and addictive things. Smelton becomes a beautiful woman before beginning her work on creating a new cave, journeys back to Mixaherinvernchith to announce that she is finished. It is then by a pounding of the stone mcmarn stole hammern that smelton becomes masculine to the tithings of the king and announces that he she would like to be the conqueror new king cave and inhabit the home of the iceland king mates oath learn mixahex smelton wants to be married to mixvaherin uniting their marriage to have egg birth of the carrion that neither are compromised for the rest of eternity, leaving to be millions of years of this couple. Billions of years pass by, the two learn of the trilobite and become threatened that a third woman may not want to be with such an old couple, even though they both still appeared quite young. The two dash off incorrectly away from one another, and Smelton becomes frightened when Mexahexferon takes to the sky for bread. 
Mexahexvarin is presumed killed by a pyroclastic event, only to appear before smelton, the new Mexahexfritmiden form this constructive forge within smelton's new cave, that the dwellers there have new tools and trades. The two bask in love, making them become distracted, but the two after their sexual foray to carry the forge-like symptom to smelton's well-formed cave. Though, a scandalous turn of events happens when the two use a rock as a dildo. The two nonetheless learn from their embarrassing horniness. The two travel to the forge with the dildo, trying to destroy it for resources and eggs, separating not from one another in the process. The two do not make love in the cave right away, but are consulted by Terraform Mysmit, a powerful bird who has reverence for the couple, with few lessons but the techniques of lesbian lovemaking, those of reverence to offer. In their love-making, the women defeat the parasites and use the worms they find to bait the bird. The three make love and all is at peace. Chapter 3. Fairy House The male fairy Mind attempts to come together with his fairy brothers to work on a new house project about what houses they are familiar without losing the strength of their wings. The male fairies are used to trimming away their wings that they have resources to create a burning fire indoors or outdoors, but Mate has taken to rebel against trimming his wings. Though he is covering a lot of ground and discovering new and unusual houses and people, Mate trims his wings to make a fire. The male fairies are happy and begin to enjoy relaxation time with one another, carving away at their long fingers to reduce fear between one another. Mate and Met also have feelings for one another, and the two male fairies cry about having such feelings. Mettenhaus, a known male Doppler by name, visits wearing a dress. Messenhaus and Verstini, Mettenhaus's wife, believe the only way to teach the fairies to stop trimming their wings and fingers was to teach them of the presence of Mixerhesluten, a kind of chimera-like succubus fairy depicted as a tribe woman who parlayed with the lamb to produce meat. Mixer Resolutin was strong enough to shear wool with her bare hands and was, for the fairies, the last beautiful woman who accepted them. They could not start a fire for warmth, but not necessarily for their comfort. The more uncomfortable fires of the fairies gave for Mixer Resolutin a very public display of her nudity by illumination, and she was dismayed to find the fairies wanted to consult her. Little did Mixer Resolutin realize is that the fairies had ashamedly approached to see Mixer Resolutin naked. Very easily spotting the fairies, she came from her house, completely naked, and happy to see the fairies, who were, to some unfortunate digression, crying and shivering from the elements. Mixed resolute in seeing that the male fairies were not obtaining an erection upon seeing her, she became concerned and offered to slay the fairies quickly that they no longer had to suffer the elements. The fairies agreed and were quickly decapitated. As Mixer Resolutin prepared the fairy skulls for their journey back into the Icelandic landscape to further brave the elements and try again with their lifestyles, she pondered suicide that she could not have fed the fairies some wool instead. After the fairies flashed an astonishing and illegal light of excitedness, she had completed for them new and warm clothing that could also accommodate their wings. Coming to the door, she laughed excitedly only to find a number of beautiful lesbian succubus, and love-making between the women ensues. Verahus and Strykenbefolius, a mistress succubus, becomes her favorite and the wool clothing catches fire upon their passions. The two bask in one another's company to stay warm, forming from fairy fingernails a stone blanket. This becomes for the couple of the mysterious origin of the Icelandic door.
What transpires next is a bit of a mystery, but the two do not remain a couple. They take to hunting fairies for food and tutelage and begin finding male fairies eating animal penises out of anger. Mixolet and Verse, however, a male fairy, does feel proud that he is not eating the animal penises. He consults Verihaus and Strachanbefolius for jokes about the Cunnilingus, as he is embarrassed to admit his love for her and her succubus partners. Mixolet and Verse feels proud to be surrounded by beautiful female fairies. He stays quite warm from a forge he has created. He offers the succubus a breastplate, but she declines the offer and takes some aggression with him searching quickly about his waist for a penis, only to find no penis whatsoever, but a vagina instead. Crying, she apologizes for the assault and accepts the breastplate and mixed her Latin verse, takes to fashioning the wear, smiling but confused. To the dismay of the forge-bound fairy, the succubus only appears to be growing in height and finishes a scant breastplate, a bit mismeasured. Suddenly, the succubus smashes the breastplate against the fairy and mixed her Latin verse, begins to defecate. Mr. Verse feels ashamed and contemplates suicide, but the fairy defecate has no smell. Verhaus and Strike Befallingus reveals from a magical pocket some wool to clean up the incident. The two bask in folly by throwing the waste into the forge. The forge becomes quiet, and the two are astounded by the incident. Mr. Verse, however, reveals cunning skill and strikes the forge once more without much incident than a terrible smell, and Verhaus and Strike laughs. Who is Athruf? Mixolet and Versen, crying, and begins to contemplate war with the succubus, quickly reaching into the forge for difficult to poison the breastplate only to find her fingers have been trimmed. What ensues between the two is a bit of a mystery, but Verhaus and Strachanfolingus is understanding the forge and perhaps helps this nurse to clean up anyway, the two resolving to kiss house. The two, however, do not live happily ever after in some context. In some romantic contexts, dry slender, their love stretches on forever, but their love is quite tonic yet meaningful. Where there is love for the fairy, Icelander is questionable as to the intentions of the fairy, but less complex stories of the fairies manifest in Iceland for the traveller who seeks to stay in Iceland for some time. Schools exist in Iceland that teach the fairy to both travellers and native Icelanders. For Icelander, even international tourist destinations within the country are sought after for enjoyment. For the school about the mythology of the fairy to coexist with rural issues that come up in Iceland, which is not often in political situations, and an understanding of tales of Iceland pertaining to the mythological are preferred, but this is also untrue for many people. Some seek the mythological amidst political upheaval or debate out of general fear and concern for Iceland. Krismitshav Vishudruh is the name of a fairy called Judge who shames the Icelander who does not consult the fairies to stay warm or produce forges. Though mythological to some, Vexo Christen Mittenhaus and Mittfeindarter has anything but spiteful judge as to not grant for the fairies some degree of utility when re-entering the Icelandic frontiers from courthouses to further brave the elements. Vexo Vmitrai von Kohl has a particular enemy of the judge who was often seen as an assassin fairy who promulgated fear. Vexo Martin von Kohl story is however vexed with strange twists and turns that their ways of promoting assassination are easily defeated. Vexima Troch is a queen of Iceland. Though she is fierce, she distrusts food from the water. Her main food source are rocks and light, making her a formidable warrior. Her lover, a woman named Maybell Fortitude, is a most scant and beautiful dresser. 
Though Maybelle Fortitude is mostly nude through her day, she grants from Exford Cold a rare opportunity to see her wearing some wool from a wolfing's gun screen suit. Prismet's sword can throw either who this other wolf and gangsmith's daughter is a stunning wolf Iceland who travels to see the women in person. The names of the women change due to the presence of the wolf to Maybeth and Quomit's wife. Maybeth and Quom welcome the wolf for her beauty and stunning appearance and trust wholeheartedly the intentions of the wolf that she is not an assassin, but she is. Little does Maybeth realize, Wolf and Spain woman plains to court the two women for the betterment of her ways as a wolf and to end her own feelings of wanting to be an assassin. Wolf Spain women experiments with a dildo made of stone before the women to prove her love. The women bask in openness together and resolve to discuss tithings of the day. Maybeth, overwhelmed by sorrow upon learning Wolf and Spain woman is an assassin and dismisses the wolf back into society. The queen and her lover cry with another that they are unable to unite with the wolf for their betterment of society. The very might risk weaves this day by resolving the issues of the wolf with gold, presenting some of the women for the wolf to have been shorn. She does not arm the queen for some time. This tear the flesh. Suddenly, a white fang emerges from the mouth of the wolf, and Wolf Spain and Tooth and Carnamite becomes her new name, but she does not resolve herself to toothlessness for long. Mitre becomes her new name once her tooth returns to her as a gift from the women, the gold simply tossed away to the elements.